treat it with one arm tied behind your back, blindfolded. It's that simple. If we can get to you early, nobody should be dying of COVID. But if you happen to be admitted to, the, to a major hospital with COVID, they still want to give you remdesivir. So the same things that we did a year, two years, three years ago that did not work and, in fact, expedited people's death is continuing to occur today. So people like Tom and other doctors and other attorneys that are fighting this have to continue fighting. I do a little bit of medical legal work, and there's uh, two cases that I'm involved in. One involves a person who was fired uh, for not getting the COVID shot from an employer, and the other involves a custody case. Uh, Dad does not want their six-year-old vaccinated with COVID, and mom wants the six-year-old vaccinated. And so, you know, obviously I'm on dad's side. There is no reason to vaccinate any child with COVID, uh, with the COVID vaccine. Children simply are not at risk, and it's a vaccine that is entirely flawed, I think causes a lot more harm than good. Um, So, you know, we can look back and say how horrible it was, but I don't think we've learned anything. And the same malfeasance that was going on in the height of the COVID pandemic, many of those things are still going on today. So that's shocking, right? And I just, I agree with you on the CDC. As far as I'm concerned, they are a a, a dangerous organization that produces propaganda to manipulate people and into doing their bidding. And, you know, I don't know if they're so insecure that they just have to justify what they've done, probably legally, because they don't want to be found out that they were in the wrong. Uh, And I want to talk with you, Tom, about the fraud versus you you had said on your podcast that that these hospital uh, organizations are indemnified or protected. But in the case of fraud or in what I'm calling the COVID massacre, is that indeed the case? We have to take a quick break. You're listening to the Jen Charlton Show. I have with me today Tom Wren's attorney extraordinaire taking on the medical establishment and fighting for medical freedom and what's right. Dr. Jeff Barkey doing much of the same work and a practicing medical professional. We'll be right back. Show your patriotism with a flag from the United States Flag Service. They offer premium, high-quality flags that are made in the USA. Whether it's the grand old flag, your favorite military flag, or a historical flag, celebrate your freedom with the flag from the United States Flag Service. Go to usflagservice.com. That's usflagservice.com to see their selection of available flags. And then call 1-800-USA-FLAG to purchase your flag today. USA Flag Service. Fly your flag for freedom. Good morning. Welcome back to the Jen Charlton Show. And I have with me today Tom Renz, attorney, author, and an analyst uh, of all things going on with this COVID massacre that has been really beyond comprehension that fellow human beings could do such things. When you listen, and I recommend everybody go and listen to this this podcast, the stories that they tell about the horrors that they witnessed by fellow practitioners under the oversight and approval of hospitalists and administrators is criminal. Tom, I'd like you to speak to that. How are these organizations allowed to, or, or, or how are they protected when they have committed such atrocities 
against patients that are clearly criminal and violations of their oath. Well, this was really a, a clever and insidious thing that was not a, it's not a coincidence, right? So COVID comes out, and, uh, you know, they, they've got this disease that they're claiming to be new and novel, and no one knows what to do with. Well, you know, we've got Dr. Berkeley, and he, he can, he can ar- feel free to argue with me, but generally speaking, when you've got a disease, especially a disease that's a manifestation of a virus, Okay, so COVID-19 is caused by SARS-CoV-2, the virus. When a virus hits someone, you know, typically what the doctors will do is they will treat the symptoms, unless there's some sort of an antiviral, which is not always the case, and they'll manage those symptoms and control those symptoms while your body heals. In the case of COVID, they did not just the opposite. They did nothing. They didn't treat the symptoms. They didn't treat the disease. They didn't do anything at all other than stand by and watch it get worse while people were dying. Well, this is, if you recall during COVID, you heard people say, well, you know, hey, we're at the hospital. Just just come back, uh, you know, come back when you're blue. Come back when you're blue, and maybe at that point we'll, we'll do something to treat you. Well, what does that mean? Come back when I'm blue? So then you'd come back from, come back, you're blue, uh, you know, you can't breathe. The COVID has uh, continued to get worse. The symptoms have gotten worse. They've turned into pneumonia. They've turned into this. They've turned into that. And uh, you, you, you see these things in a terrible position. Well, then they, they put you on these protocols. And these protocols include things like remdesivir, which was deadly as hell, and all of these other things that, that didn't work that they knew didn't work. But what, here, Tom, let me ask you this. What compelled these doctors and hospitalists to follow that CDC recommendation when they knew on the ground it wasn't working? And I have on I have on tape CEO of a hospital saying, we like remdesivir early the, the in all this. They were incentivized. They were giving massive amounts of money. The hospitals were given massive amounts of money uh, through insurance, through government programs, through all sorts of things. Uh, they received a whole bunch of money for following these protocols. Further, legally, in most states, malpractice is divide, uh, defined as deviation from standard treatment without justification. Right. So when Fauci and deal and HHS and all these different groups put out these standards for treatment that are not safe, they knew weren't safe, but everybody followed them. Well, suddenly it wasn't malpractice. On top of that, you have CARES Act and PrEP Act, all these different acts that provide immunity for these doctors. So you have layer upon layer of immunity for following a protocol that was that was absolutely and indisputably going to lead to death and to hasten death. This was so everybody knew what was happening. They knew what was going to happen, except for the doctors and nurses on the ground. At some point, though, the whole, oh, we didn't know thing is no longer a valid excuse, right? It's no longer, oh, we had no idea that this was going to happen. Because if you're a doctor or a nurse on the ground, 
and you watch, you know, COVID uh, uh, develop and manifest, and you watch this whole thing occur, okay, maybe this new disease comes out, and at first you think this is what we have to do. But when you get numbers, like I got from the hospital systems in Texas, we had a whistleblower who analyzed the Medicare data from the hospital systems in Texas and found that most of these hospital systems were seeing that 90-plus percent of their patients that went on the vent died. At that point, once you've seen that for several months, to my mind, you can no longer uh, claim, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I wouldn't let them try ivermectin because, uh, you know, we just had no idea. After several months of the same protocol resulting in a 90% death rate, you try whatever the patient wants to try because they're going to be dying anyways. And there's, you know, this is just, but it was barred. It was banned. And it was done so intentionally to keep the death numbers high so that they could continue to maintain this farce. And these hospital systems could keep making money. And Anthony Fauci could keep telling everybody that there was this crisis, and then you needed to go get this horrible vaccine that actually resulted in the turbo cancers and everything else we're seeing now, which is, I know, not the issue at hand, but this is where it went. Okay, so my question still remains that if the oath is do no harm, and they did, what is the legal ramifications beyond some immunity that a CARES Act gives them if it's on top of criminal activity and fraud? Well, and I'll let Dr. Barkey, uh, you know, speak to the internals, but I mean, the reality is, is that your oath is going to be based more on, on malpractice things that you're going to do with the board, right? A violation of your oath is going to typically be handled more on the side of, of uh, you know, an action, a bio, an ethics complaint, something like that against your license and handled by the medical board. Now, the problem with that is, is the medical boards were all in on this. They weren't, they weren't going to argue with this. They were making a ton of money off of this. So, you know, you could, you could file every complaint you wanted to on a doctor who was pushing remdesivir to a medical board. The medical board's just going to say, well, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, so the people were left without a remedy. Uh, th- there really was no remedy, and still to this day, we're working very hard on developing legal remedies, but we're having to use loopholes and everything else. Essentially, we, the American people, have allowed our politicians to legislate murder into, into law and to provide immunity for doing so. And not only immunity, but actually to create incentives for these doctors and nurses who are still choosing to push this remdesivir death protocol, not just remdesivir, but also uh, the, the changes in the palliative care protocols, all these different things, these things are designed and structured to hasten death. That is literally the definition of murder. I hasten your death if I shoot you in the head, just like I hasten your death if I OD you on a morphine cocktail uh, at, the, at the end of your life. 